Amen. Thank you, brother. I'll pay you later for those kind words you said. That's wonderful. I do want to um, just give honor to our pastor and his wife, Ryan and Holly. Um, <clears throat> when we, when our family left Indiana and went on the road, we had no idea where we were going to land, didn't know what God had in store for us, and we never would have picked plum tree or spruce pine out on a map to save our life. So the fact that God brought us here was just amazing to begin with. And then, <clears throat> I know you've probably heard this or understood this, but like we were not Presbyterian ever in our life. I, amen, amen. And so just the way that God orchestrated us to even walk through these doors was nothing short of a miracle because we would have never investigated a Presbyterian church. And, and so I, I know, and my wife and I both know without a shadow of a doubt that God brought us here, put us under amazing leadership um, of this church and has just brought our walk with him so far just in the last year. And, uh, and we're so thankful for that. And so it is an honor, it is a privilege to stand here this morning um, behind uh, the pulpit this morning to bring you what I feel God's laid on my heart. And just so you know, um, we, we came from pastoring for many years and this morning on the way into church, my wife was talking with me about being able to be up here and preaching this morning and she said, oh, I'm just... So happy for you. And I said, what are you happy for me for? She said, well, you're getting to preach again. And I said, well, yeah, you know, that's, that's okay. I'm trying to be all humble and stuff. You know how you do that. You just, and she said, well, yeah, this is the first time you've preached in like four years. I said, yeah, that's about right. She said, now don't think you have to make up for lost time in between there today. So we're going to try to keep that down to maybe a one year or two year uh, sermon amount. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. We won't do that. Um, this morning, I want to do something a little different. Um, I know that there is a theme, there is a, a word that God wants to get across. And I felt it for a while um, and it played right in. I know the Holy Spirit is behind everything when the music, the worship, the other leadership is all going in the same direction. It's like, yep, okay, God, we're we're tracking, we're on the same page here. So this morning, the first thing I need to say is this. I felt like when we were singing earlier, when we were worshiping, we were singing the song, I am a child of God. And I felt the Holy Spirit say that there's at least somebody in this, uh, in the sound of my voice, and it could be an online person, I don't know, but there's somebody that's singing the words but doesn't know what they're saying. And this morning, I just feel in my heart, I can't go on unless I reiterate and just make sure that someone understands when you say, I am a child of God, what that means, what that means. Because it's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to live it. It's another thing to live out your authority as a child of the king. And if you don't grasp that and understand that, you're going to miss out on what the father has for you. Just recently, I... I 
I, I, this was made pretty clear to me very recently and someone who is not related to me but loves me, an earthly man who loves me uh, like his own. And I, I felt bad about asking him something because I didn't want to offend him or, or make him feel bad. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you don't want to always say something because we're human, right? And we have emotions and feelings. So I mentioned that to him and he teared up. I mean, he got choked up and he said, that almost hurts my feelings that you would think that way because I love you so much. And I thought, wow. And sometimes it's that way with God. We, we don't take things to him or we don't say things to him or we don't get in his presence like we should because we're like, well, he's God and I'm just me. But yet God is saying, I love you so much. You're my child. We sang it all this morning, what he would do for us because of how much he loves us. Lisa, this morning, her word of that she's been feeling how great his love is for us and we need to understand. Listen, that is so powerful and until we grasp it, we can say the words, I'm a child of God, but until we understand what that position looks like as a child of God, we're missing out on so much. And so this morning, I just want to invite you, and I just want to ask that you think really hard about what that means to be a child of God. And we're going to talk about that a little more. I'm going to do something a little different this morning. Um, I'm, I'm going to read. We're not going to have the scriptures on the screen, and there's a reason why I'm going to tell you. Uh, I'm reading out of <clears throat> a translation that not a ton of people have. Not a lot of people use it, uh, not because it's bad. Uh, it's just not widely known. It's not out there. But I personally love it. God put this Bible in my path years ago. Um, just another God moment. <clears throat> and I've fallen in love with it. And, and it expounds um, on the Word of God. It's, it would be like a cross between an amplified and a passion translation, if you would. I don't know how many have read the passion translation. Have you, read, uh, you know what an amplified Bible is, how it really goes into detail. So if you took those and merged those together, that's what I, I, I'm reading. Marshall and I talked about it. We could throw scripture on the screen in some other translation, but I want you to hear what these words are. So to keep from confusing you, you can write these scriptures down that I'm, I'm going to read today. Go home and read them in your Bible, or if you want to follow along, you can. But I want you to understand the words I'm reading. How many of you have seen The Chosen, the show The Chosen? Any any. How many of you, when you first saw that in some of the scenes or episodes, you thought, wait a minute, I don't really remember those details being in my scripture. You remember that? And sometimes there are things you went, I don't know if that's really how that played out. You know? But then as you watched some more and you really understood how it brought the life of Christ to reality, to a, a something that you can understand and relate to, and all of a sudden you went, well, I guess that could happen like that. And really all of those details that we're talking about that a lot of people out there argue over and fight about and stuff, they're not salvation related anyway. It doesn't matter if they ate food at this time of day over here or this time of day over here. You know, how they got from one place to another place. Maybe they did talk to all those people. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they did look that way. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But boy, I tell you what, how many of you are like me? And by the time you got through several couple seasons, you're like, oh my goodness, I love this. This is, I just see who Jesus is now. So this is what this translation does for me. I, I still read the King James Version. Um, I still read the other versions. I still read all those. I go back to those. But I want you to hear what my translation says. Is that okay with you? Can, can we do that? 
Because like the chosen, this will take a scripture that I've read a million times in the King James Version, and all of a sudden I read it here and I went, oh, now I see. So we're going to be in the book of John, chapter 1. We're going we're to go to the book of John, chapter 1. And um, if you know anything about John, John the Baptist, if you remember seeing him in The Chosen, he's a pretty passionate guy. And I can just imagine John is, is probably a lot like they portrayed him. I mean, just kind of wiry, squirrely, and just excited about everything he does. You ever met somebody like that? I mean, like they make coffee nervous, right? Because they're just like this all the time. And I think that's how John was. And, and in the book of John, in the first chapter, uh, just to summarize a little bit, the, the religious leaders are talking to John and asking him who he is and... Um, you know, they're really trying to trick him and play him up. And, and John tells him, hey, 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 it's not about me, right? It's about somebody else who's greater than me. And then I want you to watch and pay attention to what happens starting in, we're going to be in 1 John chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 29. So write that down or look in your Bible if you want, but it's not going to be word for word while I'm about to read. But I want you to hear what scripture says. About John. So John has just gotten done talking about who Jesus is. And in John chapter 129, it says this. The morning after this conversation, oh, maybe, let me stop just real quick. In case somebody's wondering, I never did say, I don't think, if you're wondering what translation does he have, it's called the voice. Okay, the voice. That's, that's what I'm reading out of this morning. You can go check it out. It's, it's, it's okay. It's good. It's not bad. Um, So John chapter 1, verse 29, the morning after this conversation, John sees Jesus coming toward him. In eager astonishment, he shouts, look, this man is more than he seems. He is the lamb sent from God, the sacrifice to erase the sins of the world. Now, can you just stop for a minute and picture John? He's excited, and he sees Jesus coming, and everybody around him, he's wanting them to know who Jesus is. He says, look, look, this is him. I think in, in, in many churches today, the leadership of the church is a lot like John, and the people come into church, and, and they're up here, and they're trying to say, look, look, do you see Jesus? Do you see who he is? To try to get people to understand, look at him, look at him. And then he goes on to say, he is the one I've been saying will come after me, who existed long before me and is much greater than I am. No one recognized him, myself included, but I came baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. As I watched, the spirit came down like a dove from heaven and rested on him. Now watch what John says here. I didn't recognize him at first, but the one who sent me to baptize told me, The one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit will be the person you see the Spirit come down and rest upon. Verse 34 says this, I have seen this with my own eyes and can attest that this one is the Son of God. Do you see what John is saying here? This is his testimony to those around him. He said, listen, even I didn't recognize Jesus when I first saw him. But I was told that the one that I see the Spirit come and rest upon is that one. And I saw it with my eyes. Nobody could convince John otherwise. I wonder sometimes, is our relationship with Jesus like that of John's where we can say, hey, you can't sway me one way or another because I've seen it with my eyes. Hey, you can't tell me my God's not real because I feel him and I know him personally. 
Hey, you can't tell me that God can't heal my disease or my problem because I know for a fact I've watched him do it. Come on, we ought to be walking a life like John and say, look, look, this is Jesus. And let me tell you for a fact, I know who he is because I've seen him with my own eyes. Now, here's the thing that I feel like God wants us to understand. When we behold him, by the way, that's a King James word there. It says, behold him. When we behold him and we get in his presence, something has to happen. You cannot get in the presence of God without there being an effect. If you truly let the Holy Spirit move, there will be a result, and there has to be something that happens. And I want you to watch in Scripture, in 1 John, what happens in, in, when, when Jesus is walking here. So here's what happens, verses 35 through 36 is where I'm at. The day after John saw him again as he was visiting with two of his disciples... As Jesus walked by, he announced again, do you see him? Do you see him? This man is the lamb of God, God's sacrifice to cleanse our sins. We've just sang about him this morning. Do you see him? There's times sometimes in church, I want to run up to some people and shake them and say, do you not see him? Don't you see him? He's right here. Do you see him? At that moment, now watch and pay attention. Jesus is walking, and John says to the disciples that he's talking with, do you see him? And at that moment, the Bible says, at that moment, the two disciples began to follow Jesus. They didn't wait until it was, you know, maybe a better time. They didn't wait until, oh, well, I'm, I'm a little busy. But at that moment, they followed him. And Jesus turned back to them and he said, what is it that you want? I like that. I like that. Because guess what? When Jesus says, what is it that you want? It's usually going to be followed up with a, okay, I'll do that for you. Why? Because they followed him. And the disciples that, that turned to follow him, they said, we'd like to know where you're staying. Teacher, may we remain at your side today. Listen, they weren't looking for a 45-minute encounter with Jesus. They weren't looking for a, oh, I'll go once a week to church to meet with Jesus. They said, can we stay with you for a while? Oh, come on. I, I'm, I'm, I've been there too. I've done it. I've said, well, this is, this is enough Jesus time. I, I'm busy. I got other things to do. Oh, God, help us though. Why don't we stay at the feet of Jesus? Where's our passion to say, can I just follow you? Can I just hang out with you for the rest of the day today, Jesus? And watch what happens. And, and, and the King James doesn't say it quite like this, but that's okay. I want you to just listen. Jesus said, uh, he said, come and see. Follow me and we will camp together. Now, I know we will camp together is not in the other translations, but do you understand what he's saying? Come on with me. Let's hang out together for a while. Come on. Do you know that if you turn and go to follow Jesus and you seek after him, he's going to say, why don't you come alongside me? Let's go hang out together for a while. Well, guess what? It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they met Jesus. They came and saw where he was staying, but they got more than they imagined. How many of you love that? When you go to Jesus for something, but you get more than you asked for. Amen? 
Okay, somebody help me out here and testify because I'm not the only one that's went to Jesus for one thing and walked away with a whole bundle of other stuff, right? Because he doesn't want to just partially take care of us. He wants to fully take care of us. You don't, he's not going to give you a partial healing. He's going to give you a full healing of that back. Joe, he doesn't want you to just feel a little better. He wants you to feel completely better. So they got more than they imagined. They remained with him. Watch this. This is the result of spending time with Jesus. They remained with him the rest of the day and followed him for the rest of their lives. Why? Because they spent time with Jesus. They said, I see him. One of these new disciples, his name was Andrew, he rushed to find his brother Simon. Wait a minute. He rushed to find Simon. Why? Because he was excited. He just spent time with Jesus. He rushed to find his brother Simon and tell him they had found the one who is promised, God's anointed, who will heal the world. Now watch what happens here. As Andrew approached with Simon, Jesus looked into him. I think in the King James it says he beheld him. That word translated means more than just to see him physically but to see into him. So here's Andrew coming down the road with Simon, okay? They're walking and Jesus sees them coming and as they're walking, Jesus sees into, into Simon. This is called a word of knowledge, in case you're wondering. And Jesus said, your name is Simon and your father is called John, but from this day forward, you will be known as Peter the Rock. Mic drop. Picture Simon for just a minute. You're Simon. You're walking down the road. Andrew's excited. You're like, okay, this is great. And I'm going down the road. And here's Jesus. And I haven't even gotten to him yet. I don't know him. And he starts to tell me who I am. Oh, listen to me, friends. Jesus knows who you are. He knows your name. He knows your daddy's name. He knows your daddy's daddy's names. And he knows everything about you. And he's waiting to tell you. He's waiting to tell you about it. So that's Andrew and Simon. Now watch this, what happens. The next day, Jesus sets out to go into Galilee. And when he came upon Philip, he invited him to join them. He said, follow me. Yeah. Jesus said, come on, Philip, let's, let's go. Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, came from a town called Bethsaida. And he decided to make the journey with him. Philip found Nathaniel, a friend, and burst in with excitement. Now listen, I, I'm just... I'm just trying to make you understand here. When I read this scripture, and when I read it before, and anytime I read it in a, another version, I don't know why, but I always hear uh, James Earl Jones reading the scripture. And Nathaniel came. I think we have a clip of that. Can you, can you play that just real quickly? This is what I hear. It may work. We're new at this. Oh, he says, that's a good thing. Yeah, 
right? That's great. I grew up listening to that. My grandmother had, I think, the whole cassette tape series. It's like this thick. You know what I'm talking about? That's great. But I didn't understand it like this. Let me read this again to you. I'm going to read the same thing he wrote. The next day, Jesus set out to go into Galilee, and when he came upon Philip, he invited him to join them. Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, came from a town called Bethsaida, and he decided to make the journey with him. Philip found Nathaniel, a friend, and burst in with excitement. You think he was excited? I think he was. We have found the one. We have found the one. When you first met Jesus, did you not have some of that similar feeling when you wanted to go tell people, I found the one. I found what I was missing. I found what I was looking for. I spent the afternoon camping out with Jesus and now I want to follow him the rest of my life. He says, Nathaniel, we found the one that Moses wrote about. He's here. His name is Jesus, son of Joseph the carpenter. And he comes from Nazareth and he's all excited. And do you know what Nathaniel says to him? Does anything good come from Nazareth? (laughs) And you've heard the same thing before. I'm so excited. Look what God has done for me. You're never going to believe this. And then somebody, some Nathaniel in your life says, yeah, but you know what else is going on in your life? And you're just like, the wind gets knocked out of you, right? But watch. This is my favorite part. I'm I'm almost done with scripture part, and then then I'm just going to talk briefly. Nathaniel says, how can anything good come from a place like Nazareth? Now watch what happens. As Philip and Nathaniel approached, as they approached, Jesus is going to do this again, watch this. Jesus saw Nathaniel and spoke to those standing around him. This is words of knowledge again, because you know, Jesus knows it all. So Jesus tells those around him, he said, look closely. And you will see an Israelite who is a truth teller. Now, Nathaniel heard Jesus say that. And Nathaniel goes, how would you know this about me? We have never met. Jesus says, I have been watching you before Philip invited you. Earlier in the day, you were enjoying the shade of the fruit of the fig tree. I saw you then. Listen to me. There's somebody here that with something going on in your life, I think God wants you to understand he saw you in that place. Listen, I... I know Pastor Ryan stands here and talks about the Sozo training and the Sozo sessions and and the benefit of that. But until you experience that and understand, this is part of of, of that Sozo when, when he takes you to a place in your past and he helps you realize that Jesus was there during that time. Jesus sees you. Jesus saw you when that thing happened to you. Jesus saw you when you were in that predicament, when you were in that situation. He was there and he saw you. Why? Because he loves you so much. The songs that we sing, he loves you so much, he gave his life for you. 
Jesus says, man, I was there, Nathaniel. I saw you. Now watch what Nathaniel does in verse 49. Teacher, you are the one, God's own son and Israel's king. Do you see the change in Nathaniel's response from verse 46 to 49? First he says, how could anything good come from Nazareth? And then he says, Jesus, you are the one. But we'll come into a church service and the spirit will be moving and God wants to meet somebody there and we'll say, well, how can anything good happen in my life right now? And we'll walk out of there not even realizing we were just in the presence of Jesus when all he wants is for us to behold him and listen and look at the one who loves us. Verse 50, this is Jesus speaking and I love this. He says, Nathaniel, uh, and I don't, I don't know what King James says in this one. I didn't go there. Uh, I just love this. He says, Nathaniel, if all it takes for you to believe is my telling you I saw you under the fig tree, then what you will see later will astound you. Hold on just a second. I've got the King James Version right here. Let's read that. And Jesus answered and said unto him, because I said unto thee, I saw thee under a fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. If all it took was me telling you I saw you under a fig tree for you to believe, what's coming is going to astound you. Oh, come on, somebody. We serve the king who wants to astound us with what he wants to do for you and I. Man. You don't want to see my Bible. It's all colored and marked up with words and arrows and love this and oh my goodness and that kind of stuff because this is what gets me when I understand that the king of kings who gave his life for me wants to astound me. But it starts with us beholding him. It starts with us understanding when we look at him and spend time with him that that's where it starts. And it's not a once a week thing. Folks, if your Jesus time is only on a Sunday morning or a Sunday afternoon now, then it's not enough in your life. God wants to camp with you every day of the week. He wants you to wake up on Monday morning and for you to hear in the back of your mind, look, do you see him? And you go, oh my goodness, yes, Jesus, can I follow you? Jesus, where are you going today? I'd like to go there with you. But what we say is, Jesus, here's where I'm going. You want to tag along? Nowhere in here did I ever see the disciples say, hey, Jesus, I got an idea. Let's go here today. I'm just saying. Jesus said, why don't you follow me? Why don't you follow me? They remained with him the rest of the day and followed him for the rest of their lives. Why? Because they hung out with where Jesus was. Listen, you can't help but be affected when you're in the presence of something. How many of you have ever been out on the beach in the sun and you've fallen asleep in the chair and you got affected because of the presence you were in and you walked away and people knew it, didn't they? They said, whoa, looks like you got some sun. 
You're like, yeah, don't touch me. And you know, you know what happens next. Five minutes later in your conversation, they forget and they go, well, it's good to see you. And you go, ah. Why? Because you were affected by what was around you. I'm going to tell you this morning, every one of us in here, people will notice where we've been around, who we've been hanging around. If you're parents and you have children, you know this true. You can tell who your kids are hanging around. They'll come home talking different, acting different. You're like, wait a minute, who you been hanging around? Right? We ever say that? I say, who you been hanging around? No, I'm just kidding. He's a good kid. But we have said that before. People notice that. Who you've been hanging around? What are people going to see? Who, who do they think you're going to be spending your time with based upon the way that you act and talk? I love it. Listen, I can, I can always tell when I come home, and I can always tell when my wife has spent all day in the presence of God, like praying, because I come home and she's like, whistling and, and dinner's cooking and, and, and she's just happy and there's nothing wrong in the world. And I'm like, yes, yeah, she's been spending time with Jesus today. Because if all she spends is time with me, she ain't gonna act like that, okay? <laughs> no, my wife's amazing. But, but you can always tell. Listen, we've told people in the past, they, they'll come to us, well, this is going on. Listen, why don't you put some worship music on in your house? Why don't you just spend a little time with Jesus? Oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds good, yeah. And then later we'll ask him, did you do that? Well, no, no, I was busy. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? I want to be like John. Do you not see him? Look at him. Look at him. This morning during worship, thank you, Marshall, and, and Faith and the whole worship team for leading us because uh, I had an astounding rev revelation this morning, we were singing a song. I don't have the words memorized, I don't know, but it was the one about, here's all my love, extravagant. How hard would it be for you to put the words that we repeated? That, yeah. <laughs> Apparently not hard. When we first were singing the song this morning, I sang these words, and I was singing to Jesus. Jesus, here's all my love, it's yours, no conditions. When you pull me close, I won't resist it. And then Marshall said something that made me go, <gasps> he said, listen to the words the Father's singing over you. Here's God singing this to me, here's all my love, it's yours. No conditions. When you pull me close, you follow? When you pull him close, he won't resist it. And all of a sudden, the perspective changed. And I was touched. And I said, oh my goodness. All of his love, it's for me. All of it. All of it. And friends, let me tell you something. If it, when you get to that place, when you're like Andrew or Philip or Nathaniel and, and you say, hey, Jesus, I want to follow you. He's going to say, come on, I won't resist you. Come on, I won't resist you.
So this morning, I, I just want to close by going back into this scripture. And just repeat the words of John. When he says, when it says, in eager astonishment, he shouts, look, this man is more than he seems. Look at him. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to pray and close this out. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you just needed reminded to look and see the one who loves you. Maybe this morning you just need encouragement of how much he loves you. But listen, if there's anything I can say that I want to get across to you this morning, it's not just words on a page. It's not just words that we sing. We don't, we don't come and gather here just to see each other, but friends, we come here to see Jesus. And the result of spending time with him should leave you changed. It should leave you in astonishment. It should leave you wanting more of him. I love spending time with my wife. We love hanging out together. We love doing everything that we can together. We don't even like to be apart. And every time we're together and I do have to leave, it makes me want to be back with her again. Is that how Jesus is for you this morning? I pray that it is. Let me close and just bless you this morning. Father, we just give you all the praise this morning. God, there's no words that we could say that would even come close to how amazing your love is for us. But God, we just stand before you this morning and offer our hearts and our love to you. And God, I just pray that you would meet someone here today in a personal way that maybe they've never felt you before or maybe it's been a long time since they've really got to, to hang out and camp together with you. But God, I pray that there's a decision this morning made by somebody in their heart that says, yeah, yeah, I, I, need, to, I need to spend more time with Jesus. Maybe a realization of, of you, because things get old sometimes and, and complacent and sometimes we just get used to things and doing the motions. But God, this morning, would you make it real for each one of us today? Holy Spirit, I just pray that you stir the hearts of those that are listening, those that are online, those that are watching a week from now or a year from now, that you will just meet them in the place that they need to be met, God. And God, I pray that when we leave this place and every time that we come into contact with someone else, they can say, oh my goodness, they've been spending time with Jesus. I can see it on their face. God, it's my prayer that every single one of us in here right now, when we come in front of someone else, they don't see who we are, but they see who you are. And God, let us behold 
you in all of your glory. Go with us this week, God. Protect us. God, we pray for those traveling. Lord, our team in India, the team in California, God, we just pray for travel mercies for them. God, that you bless them abundantly. God, that they come back filled to overflowing with what you've been pouring into them, God. We give you praise. We give you thanks. We give you glory today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Bless you.